still from the King James, that he might present it to himself, a glorious church, not having spots or wrinkle or any short thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. Amen. Praise the Lord. Every year, our leaders listen from God. And God will give them a global theme. This year, we have handled our build my church. Our problem is do we grab that message well? Do we understand? When Jesus said, I will build my church, he was not making reference to physical buildings. In fact, as far as my knowledge is concerned, I don't think for the three and a half years that Jesus lived on planet Earth, he was able to build one single structure. The reason was simple. Jesus knows the dynamics. He knows that when he builds people, people will stand the test of time. They will saturate the world. So he was not concerned about putting up structures. His structures were on people. So he handled only 12. And he built himself. I can say he downloaded himself into them. Let me tell you, those people took the gospel and transformed the world. And today, you are here because of those few people. And that's the mind of our leaders. When they give us a theme, it's like they are downloading what they want to see the church happen in our lives. Because coming to church without a difference does not make difference to God. Sometime in Africa as a whole, when we start to count what is happening, taking money here, doing this, and it's like we're not forging ahead. I sometimes ask, where are the Christians in politics? I don't know if somebody can support me that idea here. They are not making difference. May God have mercy in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. But what our leaders want us to have it's like they want to download their mind into us so that by the time the year goes round, what has been in their mind, what they have prayed for, is downloaded in us so that nobody will be swayed at all. I pray that the glorious church that our leaders want to see in us will be seen. And the nations will be possessed not only possessed, but they will be transformed in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. When we talk about I will build my church, starting with the, with the theme that we are handling now, Jesus understands what he was talking about. He knew what he has done in the heart of his people. The people he have impacted. 
to the extent that they were ready to die for what they have come to believe. My evidence can be found in the book of Acts chapter 4. Pastor, if you can help me read verse 18. Acts chapter 4 and verse 18. These people, by the mercies and the grace of God, God used them to heal the lame man. And that has become a thorn in their flesh. But you see, the subconscious mind in the heart of the people, they had wanted to pounce on them. But there was an evidence. The man whom they knew was crippled and he has been there for years, now standing before them, leaping, jumping, and praising God. So there's evidence that through the master of God, somebody has been transformed. Somebody has been raised from nowhere to somewhere. And they concluded in doing something. Please, Acts 4, 18 to 20. Yeah. And they called them and commanded them to speak at all, not all teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said unto them, whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than unto God. Joy ye. For we cannot but speak the things which you have seen and heard. Hallelujah. Now listen. They were asked, go out. We are getting a decision. And it was a verdict. Like the, the, the judge is coming to pass sentence. He's coming to say his finals. And they said, but look, let's be careful. There is evidence. Here is this man who was waiting outside. And look at him jubilating. Let's be careful so that this crowd don't pound on us. So which means, in their first mind, it's like they were going to cripple them. They were going to attack them. But they look around and they saw that there are people who are rejoicing for what has happened. There are people who are in support. And they say, you know what? Let's come to a conclusion. Let them no more speak in that name here. Let's give them that order. That's what the verdict. Like a magistrate is giving a, a verdict. You are going for this month. You have been released. Final. And the people looked. They know what had been downloaded in them. He said, but listen, who do we listen to? To you or to the God who have come to believe? But we will not listen to you. This is the situation of the people. They rather want to die for their faith. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So if we can just make a little effort to keep to what we have been given in the year, I tell you, we can make a difference. We can surely make a difference. Because a glorious church actually means to make a difference. The most liberal and difficult time to handle the word of God is now. Where the word of God has been in the market. People want to take the things of God and be marketing with it. People are called to the field. To chew grass. In the name of power from God. We 
are bringing the church to a stage where even our lives in our place of work will speak. That's the glorious church we are talking about. To bring about a different, an example. That's your place of learning. We know that you are coming from the church of Pentecost. Your place of work, your marketplace, when we have reached to that stage, they will have caught up the minds of our authorities. We have bring the church to a glorious state that you and I can be looked upon. Even our life will be a kind of a standard for witnessing. Sometimes what happens around us, what we do in our little corner, cannot convince somebody that we belong to a church. Hello? Hello? But if we are focusing to be the kind of person that have the glory of God in him or in her, our workplace can speak. Our business place can speak. Our transaction, our body language, the way we mediate with people can speak. Our place of learning can know that we have people who have been given that authority to be a kind of glorious people. When we talk about glorious church, they are referring to us. Church has never been in the Bible, the physical building. It means you and I. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So if 2020... We are, bring, we are being made to be a glorious church. We are going to stand the test of time. What used to happen in our community that we have been part of? When you look at yourself, can I read that stage? If I go and continue to do this thing, can I actually be the glorious church that my leader is looking up to. Can I make a difference? It is only a glorious church that can transform nations. A church that makes a difference. And that church is you and me. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. That church is you and me. When we get to that stage, we have people start to look to us. When they come out of decision, say, please, we cannot conclude this matter. Let that brother come. Let that, for that sister, she speaks in the fear of God. For that brother, I know him. He is not a compromiser. Hallelujah. When we reach there, when we capture the hearts of those we work with, those people we do business with, those people we school with, then we are possessing the nation by capturing the minds of people. And we are lifting the church of Pentecost to that glorious stage. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Kindly let us read from the book of, of the same Ephesians, chapter 3, verses 14 to 21 and 5, 22 to 28. Ephesians 3, 14 to 21. For this cause, I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, that's from the King James, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he will grant you according to the riches 
of his glory to strengthen with might by his spirit in the inner man that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith that ye be rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with, with all saints what is the breadth, the length, the depth, the height, and to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Know unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask for according to the power that works in us. 21. Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. And 5. 20 to 28. 22 to 28. Let's go to 5. 22 to 28. Wives. Submit yourself unto your own husband as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so he so ye the wife be to their own husband in everything. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for him, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might prevent it to him that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any short things, but that it should be holy and without blemish. Hallelujah. Maybe this time around, I'm going to offend many people. When we talk about wives submit yourself, when we read the Bible, do we only limit it to our wives or people's wives? Do you know you are a a wife to Christ? Do you know when he talks about that marriage supper, he refers to that sanctified church, which is you and me? So it has gone beyond wives and husband. It involved me, who proud to be called a husband to my wife, now being a wife to Christ. Hello? Hello? So sometimes we say it with emphasis, the Bible itself says, submit, submit. Hello? There are times, even the submission word that we say, we jump the first one. 21 says, submission is for all of us. But we will not make emphasis to 22. Wife, submit yourself. Here, there is no man or woman here. We are all wives to our Lord Jesus. Hello? 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 So no matter the stage you have reached, you have a husband that you need to submit yourself. And that husband is expecting you to be that glorious individual. 
without blemish, without spots. So what do we do in life? What do we do in our business that brings some wrinkles in us? That make us to be, to be having some spots? This year, our leaders are saying we should look into it and make sure that we are presented a radiant church. Hallelujah. Jesus has positioned us on earth as our husband. He is ever ready to present us, according to verse 27, as a glorious church without spot or wrinkle or any short thing, but that the church must be holy without blemish. Before even we get there, when we read verse 26, the Bible says that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word. Right here, I've come to realize that Jesus is interested in making the church a glorious church. It's not your own issue. What Jesus expects of you is your willingness to submit. He is able to make you that glorious church. Because in verse 26, the Bible said that he might sanctify and cleanse her, referring to you, the church. Referring to me, the church. Amen? He might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word. Right here, we see that Jesus is interested in making the church a glorious church without spot or wrinkle because he does the cleansing with the washing of water by the word. Then here comes the understanding. Thank God this thing looks shoots with our Bible study today. Right? With our Bible study today about leaders, how they, 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 they really affect uh, communities and this. And in my group, I was telling them, when, this, when the leaders really become good shepherds and they are tuition in Ghana, that has helped to extend the churches in the world. Ordinary fishermen, I have worked in Liberia, I have worked in Guinea in this church, and all of those places, they were fishermen who have been groomed in the Church of Pentecost in Ghana here, and they have gone out there to do their trade. But they know where they belong. And they said, we don't join other church. Show. They brought the church in those nations. Because when you shepherd somebody well and it's groomed, it has its own effect. Sometimes either positive or negative. Negative in the sense that maybe the mentee decide to go his or her own way. But if you go God's way, you go the way you were mentored, you have to produce some effects that will bring a relative positiveness in the community, in personal lives, and in societies. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. How will this glorious church affect me? As I stand here, Sometimes I, I, I assimilate some of these things to myself. When the thing came, I will build my church. I preach to myself. My full names are Augustine Sori Kamara. Then I, I start to preach to myself. Augustine, 
have you built yourself? Because you are that church that you are going to preach about. Have you built yourself? And if you have not built yourself, you have not prepared yourself, you don't have what it takes. How can you build others? And it becomes a burden for me to search to see how I can build myself. So any message that has no effect in you will not affect those who listen to you. It starts with you. That is where we have missed it today in the churches. The churches, the leaders, those who have gone into politics have not made any difference. As for here, it cannot work here. Have you tried it? Have you tried it? And you may say you have never been in that position. But if you are attached to somebody who is your relative, a minister, and you are saying you are not the umbrella of our family, you've got your five children, and you are pushing all those five children, and this man also has son. You are pushing him to do the extra. Hello? So nobody's exempted. We have done all of those things. We have our cutting trees. We have our big people. As you are there, my hopes are in you. I will need this kind of thing in life. See, the car you have come to meet me is gone. Do you expect me to be pushing my car? What do you expect this person to do? In order to meet your demands, he will take where he has not put. Are you with me? So it's not a matter of you being there. It is like we guiding ourselves. If I put this matter to this man, will it tailor to his salary? Do we think about that when we are making demand to people who are up there? If we don't think about it, we just push the demand. And some of those demands are met. The wrongs they are doing is part of us. We are contributing. Hello? I don't know if I'm talking to somebody here. Are we on board? So it's not a matter of who is there. It's a matter of what am I doing with the people who are at the front. Until you lead, you have leadership position in the church, you will know the weight of leadership. Hallelujah. When I start to see what is happening in the church, right? Anytime I'm giving communion, I pray for, I will be there to make sure that from Dickin, Dickness and elders, we pray for them. I have my reason. You, you, you leaders here will agree with me that there are things that presiding elders have handled with some brothers and sisters that if it will have come to the head of the pastor, those people are going to have problem. The presiding elder will sit on it, pray for the person, and make sure that person is transformed. And she pays her loyalty or his loyalty to that presiding elder. The same will not be. It will be a different thing altogether if there is any something against an elder. These people we are protecting in the church, they'll be, shh, 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 they'll be saying it in their lowest time until the tea reaches to the area head. Do you agree with me? They don't cover us. Hello? This in the church, that's I'm saying the church. There are things. When they come and fall to us, Papa, this what's up, Papa, if you don't help me, Papa, I'm done, I'm fit. You sit to the person. First, you encourage the person to be sober-minded and you not listen to the whole story. You'll be shaking your head. Then you put it to your own breast and see how you can help that person. 
and see how you can help that person coming out from it. Maybe it takes months. Maybe it takes weeks. And nobody hears it. You keep on praying with that person. You keep on fasting with that person until yourself you are satisfied that by the grace of God, this brother is transformed. This brother made a mess, but by the grace of God, he has to be restored. This remains between you and him. Hello? This is no deceit pastor issue. Or sometimes the pastor does the same with some elders, with some brothers. But it's different when the pastor becomes a culprit. When the presiding elder becomes a culprit. You think it's a secret. It will be no more hidden secret. Because when they see you coming, hey, Papa, how are you? And they smile. Is it not happening in the church? And when we do this, where is that glory that we are looking up to? Where is that church that we have built? So as we are building churches, as we try to forge ahead to possess nations, have we possessed ourselves? Have we built ourselves? It starts with us. Hello? It starts with us. So let's be that kind of example that have the fear of God. Let me tell you, when I studied the story of Joseph, who was opportune to have a wealthy man's wife all by himself, if we're not having the fear of God, he will not have flee. A born again, true born again, without the fear of God, is just time bomb. Only one day to explode. It takes the difference here, the fear of God will be in you. It was the fear of God. Say, how can I do a thing like this and sin against my God? So a sanctified born again person is one who first have the fear of God. If your born again is just limited to your personal holiness, confession of holiness, and this is time bomb. When you are faced with it in reality, before you know it, you are down there. Hello? Hello? It takes the fear of God to look at sin and say, I will not be a compromiser. It's only when it comes matter of probably money, money sharing. My background is from the army. I served the army for 22 years. I was in a good position. I used to smoke. I used to drink. When I encountered a message called restitution and I started to put all things aside, let me tell you, People who have never given me a stick of cigarettes were now buying me packets of cigarettes as free gifts. As free gifts. Sometimes I don't talk. Augustine, I know you don't get money. You don't have money. Then they will go and buy packets and throw it. I say, take it back. He said, you don't mean it. I said, take it. I'm not smoking. So, so maybe... You may not know the weight of it. But when you are trying to come out from something and the gift is coming freely now, that which even you used to spend money for, somebody's not spending it for you. That's where you need the true fear of God. Otherwise, well, how can I go away with this? The very year I took that decision, we used to have contributions for Christmas. They would, they would deduct those monies from our salaries. And at the end, 
they will buy all sorts of drinks in case you have visitors. Based upon what you have contributed, they share them to us. Then I went to my commanding officer and said, please, consider to make a reverse of some of the money I have paid because I will only need soft drinks. Don't bring any hard liquor there. He laughed at me and said, you think it's possible? When we bring it to you, don't take. Hello? And before I realized, they were bringing you trolley. They were bringing the things. Then I took those that I need from it. Right? Because if I don't want it, it's like mixing a poison which I will not drink and give it to somebody. If I say because I paid for it, let me take it. Who am I going to give it to drink that don't want salvation? Hello? Then I said, they say, oh God, this is your seer. I say, yes, I know. It's my seer. But I'm taking this one, which I told you I will need. Hey, don't tell anybody. I will add it to my own. What did he say? Don't tell anybody. I will add it to my own. You see, when the fear of God is not there, everything that is sinful is considered as gain. I've benefited from it. These are the things that we have to encounter. So therefore, my people, in addition to our holiness, let's multiply the fear of God in us. Otherwise, when the going get tough, and you look here, no pastor, no elder, you are alone there. And here is money. And you start to accumulate what you can get from that money. Before you use it, you forget your Christian name. Hello? Hello? But with the fear of God in you, you will flee like Joseph. It was the fear of God that made Joseph to run away. Not much of holiness. Not much of training. Thank God for the basic training he got. That injected some need to stay aloof. But when added with the fear of God, he could not even watch. The Bible says he ran away trouble. I pray as we deliberate on becoming that glorious church for 2020, the fear of God will lead us, will make us the people God wants us to be. That what they have never known of us in our places of work, in our marketplaces, they will not say, sister, in Jeremiah chapter 20, verse 7 to 9, can we get that, please? Jeremiah 20, verse 7 to 9. Jeremiah has gotten his mind. He had wanted to call it quits. But you know what keeps him going? He says the word of God was burning like fire in his bones. I've not experienced that yet. I'm trusting God to start to experience it. When you get to that stage, when your decision can no more be your decision until God approves, then that is the stage you are saying, the word of God is burning in me as like fire. Hallelujah. I, I, I beg of this one, if you can prove it. <laughs> if you can prove it, or I read from my Bible. This I can find. Now then, the days are coming, 
are coming, declares the Lord. When people will no longer say, as surely. It's Jeremiah 20, okay. verse 9. 7, Seven to, to 9. nine. <laughs> oh Lord, thou hast deceived me, and I was deceived. Thou art stronger than I, and hast prevailed. I am in derision daily. Everyone mocked me. For since I speak, I cried out. I cried violence and spoil, because the word of the Lord was made a reproach unto me, and a derision daily. Verse 9. Then I said, I will not make mention of him, nor speak any more in his name. But his word was in my heart as a burning fire, hey. shut up in my bones. And I was weary for forbearing, and I could not stay. Amen. Amen. Now, let me, let me be practical to each one of you here. In Jeremiah's days, and how God handled Jeremiah, I don't think I was going to be a pastor. If I was that time. Now, listen. Here was somebody whom God sat down and said, don't marry. You don't even need to born a child. And I want to use you. Because even those people I'm giving you, they will never listen to you. And you are sending me to them. Did you see the difficulties here? And God sat in and explained all these things to him. So, Jeremiah never considered getting a wife not giving bad because of the generation he lived. He has been entered into dungeons. He has been beaten. He has slept in pits. As if God was blind and deaf. He never bothered. Now, even when he wants to take decision, like quitting, see what he's telling us here. He cannot do it because the word of God it's burning like fire into his bones. I can't understand this. Hallelujah. When we get to that stage, the word quit will not be part of our agenda. The word I used to be and I will never be again will not be part of our agenda. We need to get to a stage where we feel that. Every part of us is saying something different from our own natural mind. And that going ahead is the aim. And reaching our target is the goal. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You see, our fathers think ahead and consider the good thing that come after if the church will have reached to that stage. And so, having built ourselves as churches, having made ourselves to that foundation that God expects us, now we are told to be a glorious church. A glorious church that will picture Christ on earth. Are we ready? Are we ready? We have to deal with ourselves. For me, starting with me, as I go, 
before even I preach the next Sunday, I will have to work it out to make sure that if what I'm passing is I'm also part of it. Nobody will convince me that you can give what you don't have. Hello? No, you give out what you have. It is only when you give out what you have that sometimes even when you are giving out what you have, with a glorious mind, you feel it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But when you know the reward that will come out of that giving, then you are filled with joy. I declare that this church that our leaders want us to be, you and I will get to that glory in Jesus' name. We will become that glorious church. We are people who will be asking us, I land you in church of Pentecost. I will follow you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I read a story of a missionary who went to an Arab state as a government worker. And they know he was a Christian right at the airport. When they were checking his luggage, they called this book the Black They don't even call it Bible. You know, majority of the Bible have black color. Are you with me? And his soul was black. Right at the airport, the customs officers told him, this is your black book. Don't open it to anybody here. The crime here is death. You are bringing this your black book. They don't call it Bible, that black book. Don't open it to anybody. So that thing went well in his mind. So he will leave the black book and will be going to work with tracks. He will leave some of them on the table and he will read them. But his example, his example, this man come to work quick. This man always tell those people that are under him, I'm sorry, I'm the, even the one who do the cleaning. If for any reason you have to tell him sorry for what happened, he will say it. And there are people who we are listening and after a year, the next year, he came late just for one minute. In a meeting, before he started talking, he begged everybody who has come before him for his coming late. And that, I don't have excuse to tell you I'm late and I'm sorry. Until everybody says, we are forgiving you, he could not speak. And that thing touches some people. Some people start to come closer to his table and be taking those tracks. And among them, there was a convert who also started to behave like that man. And that behavior was noticed in the home. I think he was a stubborn daughter. The mother was so convinced that she started to follow the daughter's behavior. So in that house, that man's trick has been passed to the daughter and to the mother. And the father took offense and wanted to find out. And realized that this man who was warned not to open his black book is the boss of this lady. And he sued them to court. He sued him to court. 
the, the daughter and the mother stood firm. He said, this man, he said, I just want to be like him. I saw his example. It's worth emulating. Daddy, you have never taught me the way of life. How I should behave to the public there. This man's life have taught me. That was in court. This the man. You have never heard you apologizing to my mother. Either it is wrong or not. You push her down. This man late for one minute. He apologized to all of us. I want to be like him. Hello? Without reading his black book. Then I realized that Paul says we should be mirror. The word of God is like a mirror. They should see us. When you stand, somebody should be seeing himself or through you. And so, the matter, the man did not even talk. When the mother also stood up and said, the matter was thrown out and the man was promoted, rather. Praise the Lord. You see, when we practice what we are taught in the church, we will by all means make a difference. But the problem here is, what we are taught in the churches remains in the church hall. It's, in most cases, it's not carried out. It is just for our consumption. And these old things, what is this pastor saying? You think you can live that life? That's another test. That's another test. I started preaching about born again while in the army as a pastor. And I ministered. It was getting to seven. Some, not knowing, some, one lady have left the church. The road I was to pass before I come and join the main road was very obscure, full of trees. It's just a passage, not vehicle passage at all. It's just a human passage. So by seven, it was already dark. And I was coming with my Bible. I thought somebody hold my hand. Then I was first to say, you, as young as you are, you think you can do what you are teaching? That was a lady in those trees. A not outside lady, in the church. In the church. I have to, by then he was putting pressure in the middle of my arms and want to ask me, I could not look at her face twice. I just tried to run away. Do you know when I came for Bible study Wednesday, she was the first to come and occupy the seat. Sitting before me, a lot of words. I don't know if I should complain her to my senior pastor or what do I do. She was seated there and be looking at me and be smiling. I behaved like a fool. I, I really, I was seated there. I can open the Bible. I was just looking. I don't know where to go. In the church, she made me a fool. For her boldness to come and sit even before me and say, if you think you have missed me, I've come also. You think what happened uh, is something that bothered me? No, I'm coming here. So I think I said, praise the Lord more than 10 times. Praise the Lord. They are still looking for what to say. Hallelujah. So please, people, let's take what we are able to give you. If you put it the other way around, you will make us fools. You will disturb our ministry. So, 
my senior pastor too was able to understand that I was struggling in my teaching. So, we were three. He said, all student pastors meeting to the mission house. And I was asked to explain my behavior. What do I say here? I just said, Pastor, something happened and I explained without naming the lady. And then he told me, just let me know her. I will talk. And he helped me. After three days, we were three seated together with this lady and she was asked if what I said about her. I said, yes. Rather, I said, yes, I'm not married and I want the man. What is wrong with that? Then he asked, have you asked if he's married? See, I, didn't know, I don't ask if he's married. I said, I want the man. Member in the church. Praise the Lord. Is he absorbing the message or he's throwing it away? This is what is happening sometimes. I am praying and declaring that to be glorious in 2020 will not be thrown on board in Jesus' name. We should be seeing ourselves like Jeremiah that even if we feel like not putting it in us, let it be burning into our souls, into our hearts, like fire in our bones. And so that that kind of example will bring people to Christ. The church is one foundation. If church of Pentecost don't continue to stand for what it is, this world is in trouble. Hello? I'm saying this because I know where the church have reached. We are now counting about 100 and more nations. And we are teaching the same doctrines. This team is going to be taking over all over those places. And if we miss it, are we not going to miss the whole world? I pray that whatever we have taken on board will be entered into the minds of people. If we succeed, it will be a success for the world. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. If we succeed, it will be a success for the world. It is not easy making breakthroughs. As I'm standing here, I'm suffering in one way or the other because by April, we poured money to go and make a groundbreaking. By the grace of God, the people came. And I was now saying, we have established church in that place. A Muslim gave us his school. And we are fellowshipping there. Hallelujah. And I keep on asking the pastor, Papa, God is at work. The pastor has other assemblies, but he will have to ride his bike to come to that place to keep the church going. And after three, getting to four months, with that same report, he decided that having taught them and they are willing to do baptism. Baptism has made us to lose the church in that place. Hello? You may not understand. 
The person who gave us the place have two children there, a boy and a girl. They were attending in the church while the father considered them to be Muslim. He was not bothered at all. Even when he come, he would talk with the pastor nicely. That day when the pastor decided to go and do baptism, and these children of this Muslim chap was among the people, he nearly beat my pastor down. He went and said, you see these people, if they put your child in this water, that child, let them be going to church, don't bother them. But if they put them in that water, they will never reverse. Hello? I did not know either way. So the power is in that water that will go and do baptism. Right? So he confronted the pastor. He was so wild that the baptism could not take place that day because of the two daughters. As if that was the end. He closed the church from us. From that day, when the pastor managed to do the baptism, when he came on Sunday, there was no church service. Up to now, as I'm speaking here, we don't have place to host those people. Simply because we had wanted to do our mandate. And so, the pastor was so dispirited that when he talked about it, it's like he's trying to blame me. I said, Pastor, listen, you are trying to do the right thing. We write reports about souls baptized in water. Soul baptized with the Holy Spirit. So what do you expect me to, to see you doing? You did not plan it. When, when he's making reports, he so dispirited that the place is closed up because two children of the other religion were to be baptized. So even his people confronted him. But you allowed the church to say yes. They could come to the church. No problem. But that water there, if your child goes there, you, you forget about that child. So, for that mistake, they will never enter that place. Nobody has been able to convince this man to open that place. So, I don't know how many weeks now. They are not meeting. Because, you see how the gospel is being faltered. And you, who have come to stay, and what you also receive, you throw on board. Is it not double blow to Christ? Are you with me? It's a double blow. The outside is fighting the church. The inner one also are not going on board with what is being taught. May God have mercy. May God open our understanding. May we be that glorious church that our leaders want us to be. If you have reached to that stage, those who used to blow their wives, you will never even be able to make a feast when it comes matter of annoyance. You will look at the woman and you see the glory of God in her. Hello? And for those women, in Nigeria we call it Oja. You tie yourself. You even have what you call awareness. You put it on and you say, come. I will not take it from you. When the church has reached to that glorious stage, you will look at your husband and you see the glory on him. And there will be no need for Farakas in Jesus' name. This is the stage that the church wants to reach. You remember some of the good things we had about heaven? That there is no more pain. Hello? No more weeping. No more sorrow. No more sorrow. If we really 
cherish that place. Is it wrong for us to start to practice those good things that are happening there? So when the church have reached the stage of that glorious stage, you don't need to see your brother and steal his property. You will ask yourself, where am I taking it? I'm only here for some time and I need eternity. Would it prevent me to have that eternity? Or will it open door for eternity for me? I pray that you and I will see the need to be seen as that glorious church. The church without spots and wrinkles. As for what is this spot in us? As for what is this wrinkle in us? It's a homework, an assignment. As I'm living here, I'm going to look what has been the spot in me. Hello? Hello? What is it that is bringing wrinkles in me? If Christ will come and put his garment on me, the garment he has given me since I became a born again, for you people to see if it is still decent or having spots, will my people clap for me or they will run away and say, Lord, have mercy. Pastor, you are having all those spots on you. What am I waiting in this church? Hello. Praise the Lord. We need to get to that stage. But getting to that place needs some kind of preparation. And that preparation is now and not tomorrow. As I bring and end my message, I am praying that each one of you, including me here, will see the need to have to convert Jeremiah's spirit. I really studied that thing and try to assimilate it in this team. For somebody, a man of God, a prophet of God, who sits and talks with God, something was really worrying him. And he had wanted to see himself quitting for ministry. But there was something that stopped him. If that thing is in me, if that thing is in you, there is nothing that will convince you to go out of the way of God. And so I pray and declare that the spirit that was in Jeremiah will be in, one of, in, in each one of us to see us in that glorious church, to make us that glorious church without spots and wrinkles. May God bless you in Jesus' name. Thank you, Daddy. What will we tell our apostle? We are really blessed. We are to be a church filled with the glory of God without stain and wrinkles. And as we leave this room, we believe strongly that we are going to exhibit this glory.